So for those listeners out there, this is not the View podcast. This is still the Wicked Tasty podcast. <laughs> but but no, that I mean, all that is so so important. Really, that's the whole goal of this show is to help to help showcase our entrepreneurs. But really, for the listeners, I want them to get value out of this. And I'm hoping that the people that are listening to this are those that want to become entrepreneurs themselves and those that even have businesses currently. And you know, these are real things that people. I think a lot of people just. Like you said, it's get, it's very easy to when something's uncomfortable to sweep it under the rug and not face it head on, but you're never going to be successful whether it's in your personal relationships, your business relationships, whatever. If you aren't going to just confront issues head heads on, the more they fester, the worse they become, and the more likely it is you're going to step on a landmine. All right, so. We just had a pretty deep conversation there. Let's lighten things up a little bit. We're going to do a new segment of the Wicked Tasty podcast called Food Puns. And right. it's going to be with the funny guys, Austin and Colin. Yeah, and Nashville I, funny guys. Many, news, <laughs> many newscasts have called us that. And I want you guys to make the jokes cheesy. All right. Because oh, <laughs> our company's name is Mac and Cheese. Lol. Uh, you know what, Dan? I just have to ask you a quick question here. Uh, do you know how fast milk is? How fast? Well, I mean, it's past your eyes before you know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, past your eyes? Oh, you mean like pasteurized? Yeah. Like killing the bacteria. Right. And, and okay. Um, what did the pickle say to his fans? What Guys, is... calm down. I'm kind of a big dill. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, did you guys know that I actually I burned two thousand calories yesterday? Wow! Yeah, that's the last time I leave brownies in the oven while I nap. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh hey, hey how's it going? Uh, have you guys been watching the news recently? It's it's awful. There was um, a condiment that went to jail, and do you know why? Why? Because of assault with a deadly weapon. <laughs> Did I say that right? I think, like, is it the salt? Was that the joke? Like, he went to jail because the condiment went to jail because of assault with a deadly weapon. Like assault? Like salt like as a condiment. Salt shaker Would you consider weapon? salt a condiment? Damn. I think so, yeah. I don't know. It's seasoning, I think. Dang well, it. you know, it's all good, Colin, because uh, what did one blueberry say to the other? I have no idea. If you weren't so sweet, we wouldn't be in this jam. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I guess lastly, uh, what is uh, a foodie's favorite country? What is Dan's favorite country? Vietnam. (laughs) (laughs) Like nom, 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 as some people say. Nomming on food. Can we discuss the origins of nom? Like nom, nom, nom. Is that that Pac-Man or is that like just food? You know how Pac- uh, Pac-Man's Waka Waka Waka? But is Nom only specifically used in the food community? Maybe. I think so. Nom Nom Nom? Like, nom 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 Nom. Yeah, I don't know who came up with that. <laughs> I guess like as someone that doesn't close their mouth when they're eating, it could... Nom. It's actually, uh, nom. Food, food professor Dr. Greg Nom was the one that invented <laughs> that. <laughs> and this is what I live with every single day. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. Doc. Hire us. For your next video. For your next video project. <laughs> well, I hate to break up the comedy session because you guys are on a roll right now. Uh, oh, it's all right. How long? <laughs> but there's a few more serious questions right. I want to discuss with you before we end today's episode. So I know it's just you three right now, and you are new, but you're definitely trying to grow within Nashville. And I think, Sean, you've mentioned 
maybe Atlanta and doing some stuff outside of Nashville as well. Just talk to me a little bit about what the growth looks like for Mac and Cheese Media, what some of your, your goals are. I know you mentioned you're hiring interns, you're trying to bring out more capabilities in-house. Just talk to me a little bit about where Mac and Cheese Media is headed and yeah. That's the uh, million dollar question and I think the hardest thing for any entrepreneur, any small business is navigating the next step. Like how do you scale a business? How do you take the next level up? And I think we're in this really interesting point of where it's been us um, and you know we, we, we've got some other team members on board. You know we've got an amazing animator, uh, you know shout out to Tom. Uh, man, he's just, he's really shifting into this person that's going to add so much to our video. Um, and, and I think that's the next progression of video. It's like, you know, cool, you can have a video, but how do you engage somebody past that? Well, animation is that new frontier of like really engaging people with video. Um, and, you know, and then we've got, you know, like you said, we've got a couple interns starting uh, next week. And, uh, you know, we, we've had some, some other great content writers. You know, Gabby, you know, was a, a big part of my company. Um, and, you know, she definitely helped kind of build a, a lot of the things, you know, the content side of where we're going. And, you know, as the business has grown and as it shifted, and it's, it's, it's really figuring out, like, who we are, what we're going to offer, how do we bring on the next right person. Because for us, you know, we don't want to scale too fast. And it's, it's, it's not about the next dollar and how we're growing, but, you know, a big discussion between us. It's it's more about the people and the culture mm -hmm. that we have because if you scale too fast and you grow real big and you bring people on that aren't the right fit, you can destroy your business. You can crumble because it's built on things that are not built on your core beliefs, your morals, the, the way you want to impact. Like if you don't build a, a team of people that have the same vision as you, then the vision is going to get clouded, and, and, and at the end of the day, it, it doesn't become what you really sought out for it to be. Yeah, I think uh, at the end of the day, whether it's a local business or a national business, we want to be the company where when you're sitting around a boardroom table and you have a specific product, a specific service, a specific brand that you're launching or you need people to know about, and you're like, man, I want this to stand out among our competitors, among just this flooded marketplace. I want at least one person at that table to go, I know who you should call. And we want to be those people. Yeah. Because we feel like we can creatively come up with solutions to make your brand stand out in a marketplace that's so flooded with content. And do you guys help clients with anything other than just content, video content creation? Do you do anything on with Facebook ads, Instagram ads, advertising, SEO, website de de development? It's it's different for every client. So I think at the forefront of what Mac and Cheese Media is, is you know we're a video production company that has the marketing back end. So that's such a an elusive term of like what that actually is and how we you know get that content out there. You know, but. We really need to look at each client differently, um, so we don't really market ourselves as being a full-service marketing agency. Um, you know, we do several other things other than video for Slimming Huskies. You know, we've done other things for other clients, and we'll continue to. I think it really comes down to the uniqueness of the brand and what their goals and objections are. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what are they needing um, to accomplish, and how are, how are we going to accomplish that for them? How are we going to use this video content to accomplish X, Y, and Z? Um, and it may be an email marketing campaign. It may be 
um, you know, helping them, you know, navigate how to redesign their website and how to optimize for conversions. Um, it may be consulting them on how to take a different direction in their social media. Um, you know, there, there's such a wide array of things that you can do in digital marketing these days. It really comes down to each unit, unique client and their goals. Um, so, so even though digital video and production or content creation is sort of your bread and butter, I think one of the things that sounds like this sets you guys apart from other marketing agencies is the fact that you guys also understand the other aspects of marketing and how video plays into that. You don't just show up with a camera, record a video, edit a video, say, here you go, you guys figure it out. Like you, you actually have that knowledge and background to understand what makes an effective ad, how, how to bring those other pieces of advertising and tie that back in with the videos you're creating. We, we, no, go ahead, Tom. I'll just say quickly, it's funny you say that because before we met Sean, we would, me and Austin would make videos that were like, we'd make a great video, but then we'd give it to them and they'd put it, like Austin always says, they'll put it on like the corner of their website that nobody sees. And it's like, what is the point of video without the push that it needs? if it's not like a viral video or something like that. And that's what wised us up to like, we need to provide that backend knowledge strategy and approach because I don't care if it's the funniest video you've ever seen. If you don't put it in the right platforms and distribute it to the right people, it's not going to do what you want it to do. And I think that's a big disconnect with a lot of people. It's like, wow, this is a great video. And it's like, why didn't it give me ROI? Well, and I think that's why businesses discredited video and social media for such a long time. It's because they're like, you know, they're trying to use these old school tactics of how to do marketing and integrate them into this new digital platform and how things are presented. And it's like those two worlds are completely different. So being able to like leverage the way they create content and then on this other side, understanding marketing and how to actually distribute that to Austin's point, like to the right message, right time, you know, to the right people, leveraging all those things together, like that's what you have to have to really like take your business to the next level. And we're not just a video marketing, a video company. There's lots of video companies here in Nashville. That's mm -hmm. awesome. But do you know how to create content in a marketing sense that's going to engage people and convert people. Yeah, I'm. It's, it's hard to swallow, and I know that it's not something you're used to, but on social media, it is a pay-to-play game. 100%. So we, you know, as video creators, you have to, yes, purchase a video and a creative plan, but you also have to have the budget for the ad spend to distribute it. And there's unfortunately no way around that. It's like, can we just get a viral video? And it's like, we can give you viral worthy content, but we cannot guarantee it goes viral. What we can do is create a very engaging piece of content and put the correct ad push behind it. And we can then see solid results consistently. Yeah. Yeah. So Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, like even an example, I'm trying to think like a band that I was looking at the other day, they have millions of likes on Facebook and they'll post like a post or a video or something and it gets nothing because they're not putting money behind it. It's almost like the bigger your audience gets, the more money you might have to put in. Um, you're just buying for attention. Yeah. I mean, honestly, there's so many businesses nowadays like on social media and they are starting to, to understand that you have to pay for it. And it's like, you know, if you don't go in and really look at your audience and how you're targeting them and, and looking at you know the content and are people engaging with it and testing things to figure out like what is the best message 
is what I'm thinking the best thing to put in front of these people. And having, well, you know, is it $100? No, like it's expensive to do, you know, social media marketing. So can you, you, you don't have to give away the secret sauce, but something that you hit on that I even didn't realize is like, when you guys are creating something, it's not just, hey, I'm a small business or I'm a restaurant and I have this great video. I'm just going to plop it on my Facebook and my Instagram and be done and hope that it takes off. Like you're, there's advertising, you guys are actually like pushing them through with Facebook ads. You, you, I don't know, just talk to me a little bit about that. I guess I didn't realize that that was the extent. I, I just thought that it was more, oh, my page, having it on my page would be good enough. Yeah. It's not. Well, unfortunately, uh, the powers that be, you know, Facebook and, and all those other you know, social platforms, they throttle your reach. And the reason that is is because there's so many social signals um, that are built into the algorithm to deliver your content to the right people with the right message at the right time. It's like if you're not doing X, Y, and Z to make sure that message gets delivered, you're never going to get there. And a lot of businesses go on to Facebook and Facebook makes it so easy for you to hit a boost button to get an ad to get it out there. But what they don't tell you is what that really is. And it's like, yeah, you may see a little bit of success, a little bit of engagement, um, but you're not doing it or delivering your content in such a way that you can learn from it. You know, there's a whole other back end of Facebook that you can actually go in and really understand how your marketing is working and, and analyze the, the data of like, I ran this ad for this long with this much money on this audience with this type of copy and this type of creative to this demographic. It's, there's so much that you have to go in and analyze and it's like most businesses don't understand that. And Facebook makes it very easy to go, Boop, oh, I've got an ad going, I posted my video and here it goes and I saw you know, this many views, well, that doesn't really mean anything. It's just a vanity metric. And it's like, yes, you want views, but you also want conversions. And mm -hmm. you also want to make sure the right people are seeing it. Yeah, if, if we get, you know, asked to do a video for a company and they aren't going to put any ad money behind it, I personally don't want to sign on for that service because I know it's not going to see the results that they want. And mm -hmm. that's unfortunate, but it's the, it's just the, you know, where we live today. Like that's the nature of the industry right well, now. Well, and that business discredits the great piece of content that we created for them. It's like, it doesn't really matter how great it is. Like, yes, there are some pieces of content that you can put out there and they just wildly take off. Like it happens, that does happen. Yeah. But you know, we create viral worthy campaigns and the other part of that is like, you have to put money behind it and if you don't, you end up with a video that gets minimal, you know, engagement for the most part, like 95% of the time. And then the business doesn't really like buy into what you did. And it's like, they look at it and they go, well, I spent all this money on this video, but it didn't do anything. Well, no, it didn't do anything because you didn't put any distribution behind it. Yeah. I was going to say the only times that we've had, like that we've truly gotten organic reach that's been like exponential has been like the hyper relevant videos that we've made. Like, welcome to Nashville. We didn't put like a dime into that because it just hit so closely with people in Nashville that we literally, like, it was as soon as we posted it, it was like hours later, it had thousands of shares. And sometimes you get lucky and hit the right points so specifically that you can get that organic reach, but most of the time it's not going to happen. It's <laughs> a good point. If you're looking for organic reach, I mean, from what we've found is that it's pick a very niche subject, make it very relatable to those people and try and make it as engaging as possible. Those three tend to have a recipe for a good organic reach. Throw some ad money on it and you're gonna potentially start a wild forest fire. Forest wild, fire. Wildfire, that's better. That's right. A viral fire. Viral fire. <laughs> <laughs>
That sounds scary. <laughs> Viral infection. <laughs> okay, so the last question that I'm asking all of our guests on the show, and it's not anything to do with mac and cheese media. If you have someone coming into town for the first time ever, what's the one thing that you, you each can tell me one thing that you would recommend that they do when they're in Nashville? It could be a place to eat, it could be a place to see, it could be whatever. I was waiting for that question. I'm gonna have to go with pepper fire hot chicken. Uh, I've lived in East Nashville for a good part of my life and I've had it down the street from me and I've developed ulcers uh, from this, but I would always get the hottest chicken at Pepper Fire, and it was just so good, and it never gets old. I think if you have never actually been to Nashville and tried our hot chicken here, then you've got to try it, because that, in my opinion, is like the biggest staple besides maybe barbecue. Uh, I'm going to say there's a little restaurant in Germantown that's been there a long time called City House. And you have to go to City House, you'll look at their menu, it's an Italian joint, you don't understand any of the words there. but Unless you read Italian. Right, unless you read Italian or you're maybe a connoisseur, which mm. I, am, I am not. Um, but they have a belly ham pizza, and they've got that nice uh, brick oven in there. And you say, I will take a belly ham pizza, add an egg, and that's all you need to say. And... I believe that it may change your life and be one of the top pizzas in Nashville. Love Slivin Huskies. This is a different vein. Slivin Huskies, amazing. This is a fancier ordeal, but it'll change your life. Good place for a date. Great place for a date, Colin. I would love, I would love for you to go there and get the belly ham with an egg. Sounds good. But no eggs by the end of your date, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so two places I think for me are like staples of Nashville to eat. Uh, Slimanowski is 100%. That's like Nashville pizza for me. Like being a part of that brand has been really cool. The even better part is the product is amazing. Um, I have just grown to love it better than any pizza. Um, And you got to try out their hot chicken pizza. Yes. Soon. And uh, hoping that it gets on the menu all the time soon. Um, but I am a Mexican food lover and for me like tacos I love tacos so five points tacos literally the best street tacos ever you gotta go try them out and that's in East Nashville yep mm-hmm. great well that's all fantastic and wait what about you yeah what about you Dan oh boy I mean wicked <laughs> what about me well I've only been here for four months so and I've left Nash- Nashville once, twice. One time was to golf, and the other time was <laughs> to go to um, Hogwood Barbecue down in Franklin, which was really good. But Peg Leg Porker is probably my favorite barbecue, and I could also smell them from my, my balcony. Not, mm, not, would be not, not the people, dangerous. not the people there, the barbecue <laughs> I could smell. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it smells delicious. So we go there very frequently and that's like if people come to nashville and they want barbecue recommendations like i see people walking on the street sometime in the gulch and they're like looking at like their phone obviously trying to figure out where something is i'm like oh where are you guys trying to go they're like oh we're trying to go here i'm like no, no don't go there go to go to peg lake so that's so that from your, my... you're from your balcony like go to peg lake <laughs> <laughs> yep 
that that would be my recommendation. Dan, before we end, I'm going to hijack your podcast here. Uh, why? What motivates you to do what you do, yeah. and why do you love what you're doing, and what's your goals? So I love that. That's a great question. So when I started this, just a little background of of myself. So I quit my job. I was in corporate sales position, like I said, working with banks and. It was just a high stress job. I was traveling a lot. I just needed some time away from the corporate world. So we moved to Nashville, I quit my job and I was like, I need to do something or I'll go crazy. Like I, I always have to keep my mind moving. So we started this Instagram page called Wicked Tasty. We weren't really sure what it was gonna do or, or what, what it was gonna be. Um, you know, it's still something that, you know, I don't know how we're gonna monetize it at this point, but what, what we've sort of morphed into is, and since I've been down here and since we've been trying all of these different Nashville spots, and we're not just going to the places that, you know, are on Broadway where the tourists go, like we're trying to find some, some of the more local places that, that people may not have heard of. And as we're going into these places, it's so cool to meet with these entrepreneurs, meet with these small business owners, and hear their stories. So really my goal right now at this point is to help share those stories and share those companies to our audience. And that's, that's I think what really drives me is I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and I always find it inspiring to hear other people's stories. So giving them a platform to be able to share what they've built and the blood, sweat and tears they've poured into their business and growing a business is really the, the rewarding thing for me. And we're also trying to do some stuff as well with giving back to the community. So we've been donating to Second Harvest Food Food Bank as we've grown our Instagram page, just as a way to, to thank people nice. for, for following us. And you know, really this whole second chapter of my life, my professional life, I really wanted it to be focused on helping other people. Because I think the first five years I spent in the corporate world was all about myself and making myself a success and making my career a success. But didn't really spend as much time. I think I, I think that's why I didn't it didn't really resonate with me and it didn't fulfill me is because I just made it all about me, all about making money, all about you know material things, and it wasn't about helping people. It, it it wasn't about at least helping people first, you know. And that's where this second half of or this next chapter of my corporate life I, or professional life, whatever you want to call it, I'm really focused on on trying to help other people and elevate other people first. That's that, awesome, man. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. And I want to say, since I spoke about it earlier, uh, you know, we kind of just stumbled upon you when you first started. And I know you've been going, hitting the pavement hard, trying to build what you're building out of nothing. And it's been inspiring for us to watch. And Thank you. you need to look back at what you've done in this yeah. short period of time and say, and pat yourself on the back because... It's uh, pretty unbelievable. Can't wait to see what you grow into and kind of partner with you as we move forward and okay. just respect what you do a lot and who you are as a person and the vulnerability and it's rare to find. So respect you, dude. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. And, you know, it's always feels good to, to get compliments, but sometimes it's, it's a little hard to, to accept it, you know, yeah. like, um, but no, I, I appreciate that. That's, that's really nice and always nice to hear people say nice things about you, but for you guys, I want to give you just the last second here, our last few seconds on the outro, just to tell the audience how they can get connected with, you know, I know you have the Eat615 um, Instagram page, but tell them how they can also get connected with Mac and Cheese Media with you guys. Yeah, I mean, Mac and Cheese Media, look it up. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, you know, our, we have a website. Uh, you can reach me at 615-557-5422. Um, you know, we've got our Austin and Colin channel. 
you know, mm-hmm. there's there's many platforms, but really reach out to us on social media, and uh, you know, we'd love to chat with you guys. Lastly, shout out to Contrast Cine for providing some uh, yeah. lighting lighting gear for this uh, little shoot. Yes, we were actually recording this or filming this episode this is the first time i've been been on camera so it'll be interesting to see what, what, what this looks like did you feel more pressure from the cameras i'm just trying to focus on austin's shirt yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a beautiful shirt mm. it's a hawaiian shirt that's a signature i love it i love hawaiian shirts um well no great that that's awesome and as for Wicked Tasty, you can find us on Instagram at Wicked Tasty and online at www.eatwickedtasty.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And of course, please subscribe to the Wicked Tasty podcast. This is your host, Dan Burkhardt, giving you permission to stick a fork in it because we're done. Nice. <laughs> See you later.